It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. Question for you guys. Are you subscribed to this show? If not, why not? Please go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, YouTube or Rumble, wherever you listen or watch your podcast. Click that subscribe button. I greatly appreciate everybody who subscribed, and I'm not going to stop bugging those of you who haven't yet until you do. Greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. Okay, we do have a lot to talk about today. What are we going to talk about today? Well, the gay marriage bill passed officially in the Senate. So I want to briefly talk about that because the implications to this, it actually has almost nothing to do with homosexuality, same-sex attraction, or somebody's choice of a life partner. It, it, I mean, it's impossible to fully separate it, but that's not the biggest problem with what the United States Senate did. Um, Pete Buttigieg wants you to think that that's the biggest problem, but it's actually not. So I want to talk about that a little bit. I also want to talk about the weirdest story ever. And that's saying a lot, having spent all these years in politics and in political commentary and in the media, there are a lot of really, really weird stories about personalities and talent and hosts and certainly politicians. And this one might just take the cake. I think this one actually is worse than Eric Swalwell's, well, all of Eric Swalwell's stories. Um, want to talk about that story. I also want to break down the Oath Keepers trial. This is related to January 6th. I know a lot of you guys are tired of talking about this. You want to leave it in the past. And honestly, we can't. We can't leave this in the past because if we do not root out corruption, especially corruption that's targeted at conservatives, then the left who, who weaponize the federal government to target conservatives with that corruption are going to do it again. So I want to I wanna break down this verdict and what exactly this means. So let's get to it. All right, guys, I want to tell you why I like rocket money. Let me ask you a question. Are you wasting money on subscription services? I can tell you right here, sitting right now, I certainly am. It's a conversation. We'll call it a conversation that my husband and I have every month when we get the bills. 80% of people have subscriptions that they just forget about. Maybe for you, it's an unused Amazon Prime account. Maybe it's a Hulu account that never gets streamed. Maybe like me, it's HBO Max. But there is this great app, let me tell you about, that I use that helps me track all of my expenses. And because of it, I no longer waste money on subscriptions that I don't use. You might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money. It's formerly known as Truebill, which is what you've heard about on this show. Now it's called Rocket Money. The app shows all of your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you so that you don't have to do it yourself. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out that you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press the cancel button and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash Liz. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash Liz, rocketmoney.com slash Liz. 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so before we even get into the gay marriage stuff, one quick note here that I think shows us all we need to know about the ideology of the left, and that is the fact. So let's just back up for a second. On November 21st, I sent out the following tweet. I said, can we take a moment and thank Elon Musk for ridding Twitter of child pornography and child trafficking hashtags. Of all the battles he's fighting, this is the most important. Think about how many little children he's saving from sexual abuse, exploitation, and torture. I could cry thinking about it. I tweeted that because obviously the most of the discussion and debate surrounding Elon Musk and him taking the helm of Twitter is related to free speech, which is important. It's critically important to the survival of our nation. But Twitter has been a cesspool of child exploitation, child sexual abuse, um, imagery and links and websites and trafficking. And the previous administrators of Twitter didn't do anything about it. They created child safety teams and they made claims that there were ways that you could report it. And then they took away those reporting mechanisms. But Elon Musk has actually done more in his, what, one, two months of being CEO of Twitter to get rid of this on Twitter than the the previous owners combined. So Elon responded to my tweet and said, this will forever be our top priority. That's it. This will forever be our top priority. And this should be a moment of unity, right? This should be something that regardless of whether you voted for Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and Joe Biden, or whether you voted for Donald Trump, this should be something that we can come together, we can hold hands, and we can say, this is a victory for us all. Because children's lives are being saved, children's bodies are being protected, children's minds are being protected. But the way that the left is reacting to this is disgusting. The left is, first of all, denying that this is the case, even though, you, I mean, if you want, you can see for yourself that these places that used to be uh, streams of, of, of links to child pornography are now basically empty. I mean, it's an ongoing problem, right? It's never going to be completely eradicated. It will be an ongoing battle to make sure that this is, this is eradicated from Twitter. But Elon Musk has done a tremendous job. He's making tremendous headway here. But the left can't celebrate this. And so I, I just have one simple thing to say to the left here. If you cannot celebrate the fact that little children are being saved from sexual exploitation, sexual trafficking, and sexual abuse, and sexual torture because you're so unhappy about Elon's free speech on Twitter, then you are part of the problem. The fact that the left refuses to celebrate Elon Musk ridding Twitter of child porn tells us all we need to know about the left, period. So then, of course, we move to the gay marriage bill. The gay marriage bill, we, we talked about this two weeks ago. We did a whole deep dive on why conservatives need to fight for traditional marriage, why we should oppose the government endorsing or validating same-sex unions and redefining marriage to include men who want to be with other men and women who want to be with other women, how the, the government doesn't have a right to redefine words. And today, or yesterday, in the United States Senate, this Gay marriage bill passed 61 votes to 36 votes. Take a look at this. 
Sir, 61, the nays are 36. Uh, the bill, as amended, has passed. Mr. President, what a great day. What a great day. So that was Chuck Schumer's voice in the background that said, what a great day. Did you guys know that Chuck Schumer's daughter is gay? Chuck Schumer's daughter is a lesbian who is, quote unquote, married to another woman and they are expecting a child. He posted, he posted this on Twitter. You can go see for it. You can go see it for yourself. Um, he posted a picture of himself in his office on the phone with his daughter telling this. And maybe this is here nor there. Maybe it is relevant when you see a United States senator using the power of the federal government to give something to his own family members that's outside of the purview of what the United States Senate is supposed to be doing here. But that vote number is what we should focus on. 61 votes to 36 votes. That means that 12 Republicans voted in favor of this bill. That would be Senator Collins of Maine, Senator Portman of Ohio, Senator Burr of North Carolina, Senator Tillis of North Carolina, Senator Romney from Utah, Senator Murkowski of Alaska, Senator Blunt of Missouri, Senator Capito of West Virginia, Senator Loomis of Wyoming, Senator Sullivan of Alaska, Senator Young of Indiana, and Senator Ernst of Iowa. Each of these 12 members of the United States Senate who pretend to be Republicans should be voted out of office right now. Because if they don't understand that this has nothing to do with being a tolerant nation, nothing to do with being an accepting nation, nothing to do with a nation that protects equal rights for every person regardless of their age, their sex, their race, their sexual orientation, if they don't understand that this gay marriage bill is a threat to religious liberty, if they don't understand that this gay marriage bill empowers the federal government to act as the arbiter of truth, meaning when we have a word that has a definition already, marriage. Marriage is an institution that was ordained by God. It is recognized by the government. It is not given to us by the government. The government cannot change it. The government cannot abolish it. The government cannot redefine it. But if the government seizes the power to redefine a word like marriage, then they are appointing themselves as the arbiters of what's true. They are telling you and me, me as a practicing Catholic, that I must accept that the definition of marriage, which is taught by the Catholic Church, I cannot live under that definition in our country, that I must accept an additional government-endowed definition of marriage, which includes something that the Catholic Church teaches is immoral and simply not valid. Same-sex, quote-unquote, marriages here. If a government endows themselves with the power to be the arbiter of truth, then they are giving themselves the power to be authoritarian because it doesn't stop at just the redefinition of the word marriage. What, what, where, where is the limiting principle on this? What, could, what couldn't they redefine to serve their political interests? The answer to that, of course, is there is no limiting principle on this. This is why this bill, this is one of the reasons why this bill is so awful. It's one of the reasons why we should be so upset at these 12 Republican senators who, for the sake of whatever their excuse is, virtue signaling, they don't want to impose their religious beliefs on other people. They think there's protections for religious liberty in this bill. They think people have a right to live however they want. I don't care what their justification is for voting for this bill. If they don't understand what this is really about, then they don't deserve to be a United States Senator, let alone a member of the Republican Party in the United States Senate. We have, of course, we expect this from the left, right? We expect Democrats to portray this gay marriage bill as being about homosexuals. This is what Pete Buttigieg, Secretary Pete tweeted. He goes, strange feeling 
to see something as basic and as personal as the durability of your marriage come up for debate on the Senate floor. And this, this, is what I would, this is what I would say in response to Secretary Pete. It's not about your personal choices. It's not about your personal relationships. It's not about who you live with. It's not about any of that. It's not about you. It's a matter of whether politicians have the power to redefine words that impact all of us. Because if they do, they become the arbiters of, quote unquote, what's true, and therefore authoritarian. And that's dangerous even to you. Every single one of these senators should be kicked out of the United States Senate. So now we get to the weirdest story of the day. This really is like the weirdest, weirdest story that I've ever heard. Maybe you've heard, maybe you've seen headlines, maybe you've seen pictures, maybe you've been afraid to click on articles that, that uh, show the photos of this individual. Sam Brinton is his name. He, I, it, it is a biological male and I will call him he just, just, as a little little trigger warning to the left here, but Sam Brinton identifies as gender fluid and go and uses the pronouns they them. I will not indulge that delusion. But Sam Brinton is billed as the first non-binary Biden uh, admin or senior government official. Really, not just in the Biden administration. He is a Biden administration senior official, but he's the first non-binary senior official in the United States government. And um, let's actually let's actually show this picture. He, he cross-dresses. He's just the weirdest of the weirdo dudes. This is him in some kind of ball gown on the red carpet. This guy. You've seen him, right? Yeah, this guy. And, and this is another. So it's, it's not just that he's a cross-dresser. It's not just that, he's, that he, he's a man who dresses in women's clothing with a weird mohawk. He also is very open about having really disturbing sexual fetishes. Oh yeah, we're, we're going to talk about this. He, he calls himself a pup handler. Oh, there it is on the screen. So sorry, I'm not sorry. Um... He calls himself a pup handler. What does that mean? Well, you can infer what that means by looking at this photograph. It means that it's some kind of weird bondage, leather, sexual fetish where one person pretends they're a dog and the other person is the dominant owner. Like what gross, disgusting, messed up, perverted, just totally effed up. Um, I, I, I don't even have words to describe how messed up this is. This individual has been elevated by the Biden administration because, you know, this is a diversity hire. This is, this is look at this, like a trans person in a position of power. This, this person, Sam Brinton, posed with Rachel Levine. Rachel Levine. Um, and, and they were lauded as, as the first non-binary and trans members, senior members of a presidential administration. Well, well, well. Okay, so now let's get to the headlines. He already made headlines because of his, his perverted behavior. This is clearly dis- psychologically disturbed, sexually disturbed behavior. But now, apparently, he has been um, arrested for stealing luggage. He's a suitcase thief. And it gets actually even weirder than that. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about this app that I really like. It's called Upside. Now, I use it because, you know, you fill up your car with gas and you look at how much it costs and you're just like, holy cow, how can this be real? This this is what Biden has done to us. Or, you know, you go out to eat with your family, you get a check and it's just twice as much, just like your grocery bill, twice as much as it was a year, two years ago. Inflation is hitting us all where it really hurts. That's why I started using this app, Upside. It's an incredible app for anyone who is 
feeling the pain of buying gas or groceries or dining out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. I've used it, it works. All you have to do to get started is download the free Upside app. You can use my promo code, Liz5, and you will get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Here's how it works. You claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You just check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and then you get paid. You can actually earn three times more cash back than credit card rewards programs if you use Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars a week. So join me. Download the free Upside app and use promo code Liz5 to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more if you use my promo code Upside or promo code Liz5 on the free Upside app. Okay, so arrested for stealing suitcases. This story is so weird. This is what the Washington Examiner reports. The police report said Brinton took a flight from Washington to Minneapolis-St. Paul in the afternoon of September 16th. He checked no bags, and after landing, allegedly went to a luggage carousel, pulled a blue Vera Bradley bag out, tore off the name tag, stuck it in a handbag, and fled the area at a quick pace. So that, by the way, is the first red flag, because I think it could be a normal mistake to pull the wrong bag off of a carousel if it's like an average-looking, like, hard, like black hardback away bag or something. You pull it off, you didn't look to see if it was yours and 50 people have the same suitcase as you. Okay, that's happened. That can be, that can happen. I think it's actually happened to a member of our team, (laughs) as a matter of fact. Um, But most people, upon realizing that they've done this, they immediately turn around and return it because they're mortified that they did this. They didn't mean to inconvenience someone. They want to rectify this immediately. They don't rip off the name tag of the person whose bag it actually belongs to, stuff it in their purse, and run away. That shows me that this is, well, deliberate or something. This is what the Washington Examiner says. The victim, who police described as a known adult female, reported the bag missing and identified it from a video of the carousel. She said the bag and its contents had a value of $2,300. The report said police have a video of Brinton later at the Intercontinental St. Paul Riverfront Hotel with the bag. Two days later, Brinton returned to the airport with the allegedly stolen luggage and even checked it for a flight home. Exactly three weeks later, Brinton was seen in surveillance video returning from Europe to Dulles International Airport with the same luggage. That prompted the Minneapolis-St. Paul police to call Brinton about the alleged theft in September. Initially, Brinton denied taking anything and then admitted to taking the bag, said police. Oddly, Brinton said the clothes inside the bag were his. This is his quote. If I had taken the wrong bag, I'm happy to return it, but I don't have any clothes for another individual. That was my clothes when I opened the bag. That's what he supposedly told police. The Washington Examiner says two hours later, Brinton called the police back, according to the report, admitted the theft, claimed he was tired at the time, and thought the bag was his, though he didn't check one when he was leaving Washington. Okay, I don't believe that for a second. First of all, you don't steal because you're tired. I've been tired a lot. I have an almost two-year-old. Like, my last two and a half years have been just a consecutive me being tired. And I've never once stolen a gaudy piece of luggage off of the carousel just because I felt sleepy or didn't get enough sleep the night before. I call major BS on this. So the police say defendants said when they opened the bag at the hotel, by the way, they're using the word they as the pronoun for this individual. I'm only direct quoting what uh, the police report says. I don't validate him using they, them pronouns. 
Defendants said when they opened the bag at the hotel, they realized it was not theirs. Defendant got nervous. People would think they stole the bag and did not know what to do. Defendants stated that they left the clothes from the bag inside the drawers in the hotel room. Weird. As for why Brinton still took the stolen luggage back to the airport to check in as if it were his, Brinton told police that it was weirder to leave a bag than the clothes. The clothes were never recovered. According to media reports, Brinton has since been charged with felony theft that could result in a five-year sentence, a $10,000 fine, or both. Okay, what do you guys think? Because to me, this seems like the behavior of a deranged psychopath. And Matt, can we see those? Can we see the dress picture again? The picture of him in the in the ball gown once more? Because it seems to me, I look at this picture and I think to myself, I don't know, this is, I would never guess that someone as clearly stable as this would commit a deranged act of stealing someone's luggage and yanking off the tag and then hiding the clothes in the hotel room and taking the bag as your own. This is clearly a stable individual. And the same with the pup handler photo. This is clearly someone who's psychologically sound, who is in no need of, of a psychiatrist and, and serious mental health counseling. Um, what did Chris Rufo say on Twitter? It's always the people, you know, that you're most, that you least suspect, that you're most surprised about that commit these things. Let me tell you, first of all, oh, 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 wait a second, wait a second, let me interrupt myself. Get this, he has not been fired for this. He is still an employee of the federal government. He's just been put on leave. Oh, he's been put on leave. He's not, he's not actually been fired. Okay, this is what happens when you hire someone and then elevate someone as sort of a celebrity in their position in the government based on weirdo woke brownie points, neo-Marxist metrics versus their qualification for the job. This is your diversity hire, ladies and gentlemen. This is your LGBTQ hire. This is what the Biden administration gets. So here we have the first non-binary senior government official Sam Brinton, and this photograph is the first openly transgender army officer. As my producer Matt said when we were looking at this picture right before the show, this guy didn't even, he's not even trying. He's not even trying to look like a woman. Like, this is the manliest man. Um, hilarious. And But the point of all of this is not to mock this individual's appearance, not to mock this man's appearance. It is to show you, to demonstrate that these individuals who behave in this way, whether they suffer from gender dysphoria or some other comorbidity, these are seriously disturbed individuals because the, the first non-binary senior government official has been accused of stealing luggage and the first openly trans army officer sold military secrets to Russia. Ho oh, ho, funny how you don't often hear about that, do ya? No, 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 no. You only hear about them praised for being breaking through the glass ceiling and being groundbreakers. You never hear about what they actually did, which is deranged lunatic behavior. Also, also our audio engineer, Robin, um, kudos to this. I was laughing my head off like two minutes before we came on air because take a look at this picture. This is Will Ferrell playing Janet Reno on SNL. <laughs> it's the same person. <laughs> I swear it's the same person. It is dead on, dead on. And that was just like off the cuff. Robin just like pulled that one off the cuff. Like that's SNL worthy off the cuff to see that resemblance, but oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, so funny. Okay, so the left has shown us over and over who they are, right? They refuse to 
celebrate child pornography being eradicated on Twitter. They elevate these deranged lunatic weirdos to positions of power in the name of just earning some kind of points on their weird neo-Marxist woke privilege pyramid, whatever it is. And then of course we have the trial of the Oath Keepers. And the mainstream media is not really following along with this. Even a lot of conservatives don't wanna talk about it. And I understand why. I am also ready to put January 6th in the rear view mirror, but my friends, we can't do that. And I'm gonna tell you why in just a second, but first I wanna talk to you about Cozy Earth. Let me ask you, how did you sleep last night? Well, you're probably not gonna sleep as well tonight after seeing those pictures, but if you answered this question, well, not so great, or eh, just okay, or don't ask, well, you're not alone. One out of every three Americans report being sleep deprived and your bed sheets could be part of the problem. That's why I personally like Cozy Earth sheets. The wrong sheets can trap body heat, leaving you boiling one minute and freezing the next. But there's a solution. Cozy Earth sheets, they are the softest, most luxurious, and best temperature regulating sheets on the planet. It is like sleeping on a cloud, which makes sense because they're made from bamboo, which allows Cozy Earth sheets to breathe. So you sleep at the perfect temperature all year round. Cozy Earth even offers a 100-night sleep trial, which means you have up to 100 nights to sleep on it, wash it, try it out. If you are not completely in love, just send it back for a full refund. I got a great deal for you. You can now save 35% on Cozy Earth bamboo bedding. 35%. Just go to my URL. It's CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. You have to hurry. The offer ends soon. It's CozyEarth.com slash L-I-Z-3-5. CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. So the Oath Keepers, if you have not heard of them, the Oath Keepers are a group that took part in the protests on January 6th, and members of the Oath Keepers, including their senior leadership, if you want to call it that, have been accused of conspiracy against the United States government. Now, that sounds serious, but is it serious? Well, these are, these are charges that came from Merrick Garland's Department of Justice, so let's actually break down what happened here. Um, Two of the members of the Oath Keepers, including the founder, whose name is Stuart Rhodes, was convicted in a DC jury of seditious conspiracy. Seditious conspiracy. He's the first person in 30 years who has been convicted of seditious conspiracy. It's actually a very, very rarely used Civil War era statute. Stuart Rhodes and Kelly Meggs were convicted of attempting to overthrow the United States government, but the thing that's strange to me, because I, I, I don't take this accusation lightly, I don't take this charge lightly, but the jury that found Stuart Rhodes guilty of seditious conspiracy, did they ignore the fact that Stuart Rhodes never actually entered the Capitol? That he didn't have a weapon? That this so-called conspiracy to overthrow the government consisted of text messages between he and one other person talking about how they wanted to stop Joe Biden swearing in if Trump directed them to do so. That's it. That's the basis of this case that Merrick Garland's Department of Justice brought against the Oath Keepers. Now keep in mind, the FBI had embedded in the Oath Keepers at least five undercover informants, including the number two in command at the Oath Keepers, which also makes us question, well, was it the same as the Gretchen Whitmer fednapping, where the FBI actually constructed the entire plot and then orchestrated these individuals into appearing to possibly consider committing a crime suggested by the FBI so that the FBI could then arrest them and charge them? Makes you wonder, because there were five FBI agents involved 
in the Oath Keepers, and they didn't do anything to stop the Oath Keepers before January 6th, which means, did they think that what the Oath Keepers were saying wasn't true? Did they think it wasn't a serious plot? Or did they let what they considered to be a seditious conspiracy actually play out against the United States government? It seems to me that there's not, there's not a third option here. And here's what I will say. Are you tired of talking about this? Many of you are. I know this. Many conservatives are. Many Republicans actually don't want to talk about January 6th ever again. I understand that this is an unpopular issue with independent voters. I don't care. I don't think that you and I should self-censor what we talk about based on what we might or how it might be received by centrist voters. I don't think so at all. I think we should sit here and we should make our best case, our basest case for the values that we hold dear and we should make that case to independence. We shouldn't try to morph into an independent to try to relate to independence. We should say, I see your independentness, your independence, and I raise you why my policies and my values serve your interests. This is of course something the Republican Party is terrible at. But I, I, I don't care if it's un, un, unpopular with independence. I honestly don't care if we're tired of talking about it because we don't have the luxury of being tired of talking about this. If we don't untangle this corruption to its core, then these swamp creatures are going to do it again. If we allow Merrick Garland over and over and over to get away with weaponizing the Department of Justice against us because of our values, then it just emboldens him to do it again and to do it worse and to be even more blatant about it. So we have to untangle this. These, these, these Oath Keepers understand are the canary in the coal mine because it's kind of a hard group to defend, right? It's, it's like Alex Jones on Twitter. Remember when Alex Jones originally was kicked off Twitter? There were actually very, very few of us who said, you know, Twitter, you really shouldn't censor Alex Jones. Most people didn't want to defend Alex Jones because the content of what Alex Jones was saying was horrendous. And by defending his right to say it, we knew the left would immediately conflate the defense of his right to speak with a defense of what he was saying. Now, in my case, I defended his right to speak, but I wasn't defending what he was saying. But of course, the left doesn't care about that nuance. That's kind of the same as the Oath Keepers. They, they engage in a lot of conversation and activity that I wouldn't, I don't want to be associated with. But Alex Jones was the canary in the coal mine because it allowed Twitter at the time to move the Overton window closer to what I would call mainstream conservative thought. As they, as they sliced off the more marginal figures, they were able to move what their, their, their tolerance line closer and closer to us. That's exactly what we're seeing right now with the Oath Keepers. People might, conservatives might not want to defend the Oath Keepers because they might not want to be associated with everything the Oath Keepers do and say. But if we allow the Department of Justice to whittle down this Overton window, this line of tolerance closer and closer to us, pretty soon they're going to target us and they've proved already that they're willing to target and, and excited to target us. Seditious conspiracy without once entering the Capitol, without weapons, and based on text messages and videos that they sent back and forth, and they were waiting for Trump's word, which Trump had nothing to do with this. This was, this was delusion. This wasn't an actual plot to overthrow the United States government. This would be the worst insurrection, the worst sedition, the worst conspiracy ever. And if we don't 
speak up and untangle the corruption that led to this, then we could be next in line to be targeted here. And here's the thing. Merrick Garland understands that in Washington, D.C., the jury pool is comprised of swamp creatures. The people who live in Washington, D.C., in the actual District of Columbia, are by and large very, very radically left. It is not just majority Democrat, it is almost entirely Democrat voter registration. And the people who live there work in the government. We know what the swamp creatures, the administrative state, we know what those staffers are like. They are very radical leftist. These are the people that comprise a DC jury. So it doesn't matter how crazy, how outrageous, how of a charge Merrick Garland or the Department of Justice or US Attorney's Office brings, how thin a prosecutorial argument is. If the person, the defendant, the accused, has right-wing leanings, was a Trump supporter, is a Republican, is a conservative, they're going to be convicted of whatever they're charged with. Just like the opposite is true. If it's a leftist who is charged by Durham, for example, someone appointed by a Republican president, then that leftist, no matter how cut and dry, no matter how elementary, no matter how basic, how simple that charge is, no matter how obvious the guilt is, that person's going to be acquitted. We have seen this over and over. And so it's not a matter of the jury. It's not a matter of the trial. It's a matter of where the corruption, the root of the corruption is. And the root of the corruption is Merrick Garland. The first thing the United States Congress should do, the House of Representatives, as soon as the Republicans take control, is investigate Merrick Garland. Investigate. Investigate January 6th if you have to. I know we're all tired of talking about it, but if you do not, if we do not, as a nation, understand that every single thing that the Democrats and the mainstream media told us about January 6th, the narrative that they invented about January 6th was false. False to demonize us, to vilify us, to serve their political agenda, then they're gonna do it again. Won't they? Why wouldn't they? Of course they will. And the Oath Keepers is a perfect example. I charge you today, do not be afraid to defend the canary in the coal mine. You are not associating with everything this group did, everything this group said. You are defending their due process of law. You are speaking out against the weaponization of the federal government against the political opponents of the administration. Like I said, Alex Jones was a perfect example of that. And by the way, just, just to expound just a little bit on the Alex Jones thing. So after Alex Jones, he was sort of the first one that was targeted for cancellation for being conservative or saying something quote unquote offensive to the left here. But what happened afterward? We, we actually have, have data here. So Elon Musk released the full censorship data from Twitter related to COVID-19. And I know Alex Jones wasn't kicked off of Twitter because he said something about COVID, but those who were dissenting from COVID were conservative, just like Alex Jones was right-wing and therefore lumped in, or is right-wing and therefore lumped in with conservatives. The radical left hates both, right? So Elon Musk releases the full censorship data on COVID, and this is what it, this is what it says. 
First of all, effective November 23rd, 2022, Twitter's no longer enforcing the COVID-19 misleading information policy, which is great. But what you're seeing on the screen right now, the total enforcement actions of this COVID misinformation policy since January of 2020, 11.72 million accounts have been challenged. 11,230 accounts have been completely suspended. 97,674 content have been removed. Think about the extent of that. This level of censorship from Twitter was possible because people allowed Twitter to move the Overton window closer and closer to normalcy. So by the end of, or by the peak, I should say, of Twitter's censorship of COVID, COVID quote unquote misinformation, you couldn't even question the vaccine or the booster or the side effects or masks or lockdowns, anything about COVID-19 because we allowed Twitter to move that tolerance line closer and closer to us. It's the same with the Oath Keepers. The Department of Justice is moving that Overton window closer and closer to us because they know that we don't want to defend the Oath Keepers because we don't associate with everything they have done and everything they say. These these are not, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, the Biden administration, these are not good people. The United States Congress, they want authoritarian power over your life and over my life. The Biden administration elevates weirdos to positions of power intentionally. They then use the power of the federal federal government to target us, to target you, to target our families. And they refuse to celebrate kids being saved from sexual abuse and torture, exploitation and trafficking because they're so threatened by free speech on Twitter, thanks to Elon Musk. If those facts are not all we need to know about the radical left, then I don't know what is. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, go ahead and do that. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.